are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet online so much to gamble on in the coming weeks in the coming months bet online is your number one place for all of your gambling resources bet online where the game starts training camp is in some ways an illusion we go in thinking that it is going to be this paragon of competitiveness that is going to sort out all of the questions that we want answered and Often, that is just not the case for a number of reasons. Part of it is there's only so many competitive periods. Part of it is they're not going to show much. Any team is not going to show much in the preseason in terms of schematic changes that they're making. They'll, They'll give hints. We certainly won't see much in the preseason when it comes to schematic changes. And so we're left with training camp, with what our eyes show us when we see the best players out there, the starters, when they are out there, what are they doing? How are they impacting this team? And we can trick ourselves into believing it is everything. More often than not, it is nothing or something close to nothing. There are three big questions I think we can answer that are material to the outcome of the 2022 Packers season that can be answered in training camp. I want to start this conversation, though, with questions we will not get answers to, with things that we will not be able to discern. And I think that is just as important, if not more, in a lot of ways, because for us to set reasonable expectations for what's going on. I think we have to be able to say, okay, these are, these are the meaningful things that we can glean. And these are the breadcrumbs we might just have to follow and extrapolate if we really want to get meaningful answers to what's going on in the 2022 Green Bay Packers season. So the first, and I think biggest question of the season, it is not a question that we're going to get answers to in training camp. Who is going to be that number one receiver for the Green Bay Packers offense. We will not get that answer in camp. We will see how much Sammy Watkins is on the field relative to Christian Watson, who I think is going to get a real chance to push in a meaningful way for playing time early. I mean, early, early, like week one early. Alan Lazard is going to be the fixture on the outside. Randall Cobb is going to be the fixture in the slot. Beyond that, I don't think we have a great grasp of what this receiver room is going to look like. And Randall Cobb probably will not play a single preseason game. I bet Sammy Watkins does not play a single preseason game. You know who's going to play a lot? Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. But they're going to be catching passes from Jordan Love. And in practice, yes, we will see Aaron Rodgers throw to Christian Watson, to Romeo Dubs, to Sammy Watkins, to Alan Lazard, to Randall Cobb, to Amari Rodgers. Even throw in Jamal Winfrey if you want. 
But that is not going to tell us anything useful about the future of this offense, about the way in which those guys are going to be prioritized. I think it'll tell us something about how they're going to be deployed. If all of a sudden we see Amari Rodgers all over the field in jet and in uh, the backfield and in specials, I think that will signal a, a willingness and a desire from the coaching staff to say, we think this guy can help the football team and we want to get him on the field. We want to find ways to get him on the field. If Aaron Rodgers is throwing, you know, 75% of his passes to Alan Lazard, yeah, maybe that tells us something. But once the game starts, it could be totally different. And not, not because the Packers intend for it to be different, but because teams are going to defend you in a, in a particular way. We don't know how a defense is going to look defending a Devontae Adams-less Packers team with any sort of consistency. In 2019, we got our best example. There was a month where the Packers did not have Devontae Adams. And the Packers saw, a, a, I, th I would say, a diverse group of looks. They got Aaron Jones heavily involved in the passing game. Aaron Jones averages around 18 yards with Devontae Adams receiving with, with him in the game. It's closer to 50 with him not in the game. I think that's going to be a big part of this offense coming up this season. Are they going to show a ton of that in practice? Are they going to show a ton of that in the preseason? I don't, I don't think so. So I just, I don't think we're going to learn a ton about whether Aaron Rodgers has chemistry with these guys. We're going to know how ready some of them are to step in right away because we're going to get to see them in as close to live situations as they'll get in July, August. There is the joint practice, which I think is going to be useful. Aaron Rodgers even begrudgingly admitted it was useful to the team last season, even if it wasn't his favorite thing. And I think for Green Bay, that's where you want to see Christian Watson thrive. You want to see Christian Watson against Jerry Alexander every day in practice. That's what you want to see every day. Like Devontae Adams against Eric Stokes last, last training camp. You want to see Christian Watson against 2-3 every time. Now, the beauty of the Packers team is Put him against Russell Douglas. Put him against Eric Stokes. That is going to be as good a test as he will face all season. It, 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 you know, barring a few notable exceptions, um, those guys are as good as anyone the Packers are going to face. And certainly Jair Alexander is as good as anyone they're going to face. And so there is this iron sharpens iron mentality, which, by the way, I love about this team. I love that they've embraced that challenge. But we're not going to get to learn very much. I also don't know that we are going to learn all that much about the rookie defenders. Training camp, we're going to see one-on-ones, and I think one-on-ones can be a useful barometer if guys are consistently losing one-on-ones, especially with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins not uh, potentially out there. We'll get to that in a second. Elton Jenkins certainly will not be available for camp. I don't think we're going to learn a lot about Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt's not going to go against Bakhtiari even if Bakhtiari is healthy. But Devontae Wyatt is going to face guards. He's going to face Sean Ryan. He's going to face Lucas Patrick. or Not Lucas Patrick, excuse me. He is in Chicago. Um, John Runyon Jr., Zach Tom. I'm just so used to Lucas Patrick being on the team. Josh Myers. Those one-on-ones, I mean, that's not everything. It might be something. If he's consistently beating everyone in front of him, like that could be useful. Quay Walker, 
practice, I don't think, is a great situation for linebackers to show how great they are. I just don't because so much of the position is instincts. So much of the position is reading and reacting. It is game planning. It's how in your book are you defensively. It's how well did you prepare for that opponent. It is how how do you internalize things that you're then able to put in practice in real time. When you hear linebackers, the high-level linebackers talk, they're able to process so much information in an instant, just like that. It's, I saw this and this flash, and because of my film study, my brain said it's this. And there's so many ways that their brain is giving them information, giving them feedback. That is hard to simulate in practice, especially when, for the most part, you kind of know what's coming or at least have an idea, you, you haven't game planned, so you're not thinking, okay, they have this tendency. It's I think linebacker, it's so hard to tell in practice. Quay Walker is really fast. I think he's very instinctive. Is he going to be able to marry those two when the games are going? Is he going to be able to read and react when he's got a week's worth of film, he's got tendencies, he's got offensive lineman blocks to beat, He's got quarterback's eyes to read that aren't Jordan Love or Danny Etling. How is he going to look then? I just don't think we're going to get a good feel for those guys until the pads really come on, especially preseason. You know, Devontae Wyatt is going to be facing backups for the most part, backup offensive linemen. Now, if he struggles, not a great sign, but certainly my, my put it on my gravestone. All Well, not all. Most rookies are bad. Remember, most rookies are bad. Some are good. Some are very good. Most rookies are bad. And so we're not going to know the goodness or badness of these rookies until they step on the field. Let's talk about some of the questions that we think we're going to get answers to. We'll do that coming up after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. But all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's Major League Baseball Mid-season run, that's where we are in baseball, um, summer league. If you want to bet some NBA futures, some NFL futures, some baseball futures, uh, there's there's some fun stuff out there. Baseball futures-wise, the Brewers, the Padres, I like a couple of those future titles. The, 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 the odds in the double digits getting up at like 15, 16, 18, 20 to 1. There's some stuff there. Even if the Yankees are running away with the best record in baseball, I think there's some there's some value to be gained there. Bet online is your fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. So let's talk about some of the big questions that we are pretty sure we're going to get answered. One of them we're going to get answered just by just by Definition, basically. Is David Bakhtiari healthy? Is he healthy enough to help this team win this season? And if he is not out there in training camp, it is time to be officially very concerned. Now, for the Packers, they're very lucky. They have someone like Yash Nyman. Elton Jenkins will be back at some point. 
And so you can you can figure it out if you've got these interior offensive linemen. Sean Ryan, Royce Newman, Zach Tom, someone will figure out that right guard spot. You've got JRJ on the left side, Josh Myers at center. Elton Jenkins is going to man that right side. Presumably they'll pay him long term. And I think Nyman can be a starting quality left tackle in the league. If you are a little less bullish on him, you could put Elton Jenkins at left and and Nyman on the right side. I don't think you need to do that, frankly. I think I think they're in good shape the way that it is. But you're better if David Bakhtiari is healthy and playing. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. He's He is arguably the best pass-blocking left tackle in the league, arguably the best pure left tackle in the league, although I think Trent Williams was freaking phenomenal last year. He has plenty of, of t- ground to make up if you're David Bakhtiari to reprove that he's one of the game's elite. I think he is, he's got questions to, to prove to himself that he can still get it done at a high level. We're not going to know until we see him on the field. If we see him on the practice field and like the first two weeks go off without a hitch and he's not missing, not missing days and he seems to be moving well, then you can feel really good about where David Bakhtiari's progress is. If we get out there on day one and he's not out there and Matt LaFleur is going, well, um, we think, we hope, we're optimistic that. Mm-mm. None of that stuff is true if he's saying that. They're not optimistic. They certainly hope. They don't think he's going to be ready. If They thought, and Matt LaFleur said this, and I can't believe he said this. He said, we thought he was going to be ready for training camp, or we think he's going to be ready for training camp, but we thought that last year. Oh my God, don't say that. Don't say that out loud, please, in front of a microphone. Do not say that. Because not only are you, are you, raising the concern levels for for everyone from the outside but you're you're raising them now again uh that that it's been a year now almost that you thought he was going to be ready and he hasn't been into the spring where you're going okay this is 18 months now post surgery and you still can't practice what's going on and you hope i mean you hope for david bakhtiari's sake and of course, for the Packers' sake, but just on a personal level, you hope David Bakhtiari, who's one of the good dudes in this league, that he's able to get out there and compete again. But we have absolutely no assurances that that's going to be able to happen. None. We're not going to know until training camp happens. We're not going to know until we see him out there. And not practicing uh, there are going to be there are going to be fans and media and and probably the coaches who say, "Well, it's not a big deal if he's not out there the first week of training camp." Let's put that to bed right now. If David Bakhtiari is not ready to go for training camp this year, it is a five alarm fire. It is red alert. It is DefCon, whatever the highest one is. I always forget if it's one or five. It's one of those. I know which one it is. It, it, it is an emergency. An emergency. If he can't practice. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. It is because they just signed this contract too. A monster deal that he got paid on last year and good for him. He deserved it. It's not his fault that he got hurt. That's not what this is. 
But that money is sitting on the Packers cap. And it doesn't just magically disappear and they're paying a guy who can't play. So if he can't go out there, if he's not ready, you have to have huge concerns about his viability, not just forget long-term, how about short-term? How about this season? How about in the Aaron Rodgers window? And if he can't compete in the Aaron Rodgers window, then in all likelihood, can't compete outside of it either. Now, he shows up first day or first week or whatever it is, maybe not the first actual day, but like the third day, let's say he's out there and competing, he looks good and he's there for the rest of camp. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I get it. You want to say, okay, the spring doesn't matter. I don't think it doesn't matter. I, th I think it is concerning. I said that at the time. It was something to monitor, not worth freaking out about. If he's not there the first week of training camp, it is time to freak out. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Let's stick with the offensive line. Who's going to be the right guard? I think by the end of training camp, we'll know. Frankly, I think by like the second week of training camp, we'll know. Because if Zach Tom and Sean Ryan are rotating in at right guard, the Packers are admitting Royce Newman just is not it. Or we don't think he's it. Or we think these guys are just are potentially better and we want to give them every opportunity to prove it. The Packers have shown they will put their best guys out there. Their best five. Got to figure out the best five. And without Ellen Jenkins and without David Bakhtiari, those are more difficult questions to answer than they would be with those guys out there. Because obviously Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, those are your locks. JRJ, probably one of your two best guards. And then you'll figure it out from there. And look, I will, I will have no problem at all if there are two rookie guards starting because I think Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are that good. I think those guys are each better than in terms of prospects and, and talent better than the guys that are that are currently occupying those spots. So that does that mean they're going to be better pros? No, it does not. Because I am a big JRJ fan. Those of you that, that have been with us a couple of years remember that during that draft, in every mock I did when I did seven round mocks, he was a day three pick for me in like all of them. I was a big fan of his and continue to be a big fan of his. I think he is a very steady player. And in the second half of last season, I thought he played extremely well. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Royce Newman. Can one of those guys compete? And are any of them potential tackles? Royce Newman got some work with the second team at right tackle. I would like to see Sean Ryan play some tackle. I'd like to see Zach Tom play some tackle. I always want to see you play tackle and show me you can't play tackle before I move you to guard. I, I wrote that in my notes about Sean Ryan. Go back and listen to the episode I did on that, on that draft pick. There is so much that I think those guys are capable of doing that nothing would surprise me in terms of who's going to be out there and lined up where and doing what. I think any of those four guys, one, two, three, four, could start for any of those two spots. And I think you could argue that it's an upgrade because if, if JRJ gets beat out, it's because he's getting beat out by a better player. And so that's an upgrade. If Royce Newman is getting beat out, it's because he's getting beat out by a better player. And that's an upgrade. So it's all upside for the Packers when it comes to these guys and, and what they're able to bring to this offense. So we will find out soon. It was Elton Jenkins when he came in. We were all going, so like, where's he going to play? Because they've got guards. 
And then all of a sudden it was, oh, he's rotating in with Lane Taylor. Oh, he's he's getting reps. He's getting first team reps. Oh, he was getting game reps like week two, week three. But it was immediately clear they were giving him a real chance to compete to start. Is that because he was so good? Could be. Turns out he's really good. Is it because Lane Taylor they had questions about? I think Lane Taylor was a good player. The injuries really hurt his career trajectory. But if these guys are rotating in with the ones and they're getting every opportunity to get playing time, I think that's going to tell us a lot about where this team is in the offensive line. And, and they're going to decide in training camp, someone's got to win that job. It's one of the few jobs that is up for grabs. We're going to talk about the only other job that is up for grabs coming up after this. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happened to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, this is a great example. A fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey. You might not have a Honda Odyssey, but stick with me on this. A fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey at a chain store costs $353. At Rock Auto, it's $216. Could you use an extra $140 in your pocket? I bet you could. I could too. So why not go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep you dialed in on the biggest stories and latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. The last question here that I think is really a, a, an interesting one. Who's the nickel? It was Russell Douglas in the spring. Is it going to be Jair Alexander? Is it going to be Eric Stokes? Are they going to use Darnell Savage? I don't think we'll get a full picture, but if they are like rotating guys willy-nilly and it's a lot of different pieces, the answer is a committee. That's the answer, and that may be a perfectly acceptable answer. In fact, there's a lot of, I, I think, uh, wisdom in handling it that way. To just say, based on the week, we're going to decide who the nickel is. We're going to decide who's going to play in the slot. If it's against a team whose best receiver plays in the slot a lot, it's probably going to be Jerry Alexander. If it's against a team who's got a big stud wide tight end that they play in the slot, or they've got a power slot, that, that they're going to put in there and, and run a bunch of vertical routes or they're going to try and body you up in the middle of the field. Maybe it's Russell Douglas. There are a lot of different ways that you can go with this. And I think if, I, I think we'll know pretty soon because they're going to play a ton of nickel. That's going to be their base package. And so we're going to know because we're going to see it a ton. So who is lining up in the slot? Again, if they are moving guys around, and it's one play, it's Darnell Savage, and then they're spinning out of that. Another play, it's Russell Douglas. Another play, it's Eric Stokes. Another play, it's Jerry Alexander. Not only, by the way, do I love that, but I think it, it, it is not an, an indication that they don't have anyone that they like at the star. It's that they think the best way for this team to move forward, and by the way, this is my answer too, is to make it matchup dependent. 
make it week to week game plan dependent. And I think, I think every defense wishes they could do that because if you don't know who's going to be in the slot, it's very difficult to attack that slot player. If you don't know who's going to be on the outside, it's very difficult to attack that outside. Now the Packers do not have a corner to attack. You might want to say, okay, well, if we get Jerry Alexander out there, we might, we might want to say, can we use his aggressiveness against him? Or if you've got Russell Douglas in the slot, you might want to use a shorter, shiftier, you know, more traditional slot type receiver. But he's going to see Randall Cobb and Amari Rodgers in practice every day. And he's so good at reading, reacting, maybe it doesn't matter. It makes it so hard for an for an offense to game plan for this defense if they're not sure week to week who is going to be in that spot. And so I, that would be my favorite way to go. I think there's wisdom in having Russell Douglas there. We talked about moving him to, to safety. Is that something that they could potentially do? Every team is looking for a nickel safety that can cover, can run the alley, can play underneath. And I think Russell Douglas has shown a willingness to do all those things. He, he is willing to go stick his nose in there and tackle. He is a terrific off coverage player. He was one of the best cover players in the league last year playing press. Now, you're not going to press out of the slot, but you can get up in people's grills. You can be physical, especially in that, that line of scrimmage window. And I think in, in off coverage, he can be very useful because he's so explosive coming downhill, firing into passing lanes and getting his hands on the ball. When you have now two linebackers, you can drop into spots that make it very difficult to attack that place. And I think if you're if you're looking at one of the reasons why the Packers took Quay Walker, it is to say, we may not have a traditional slot corner that we want to have in there all the time, although Jair Alexander's body type fits that. What we would rather do if we're the Packers is say, let's get linebackers in passing lanes, muck things up so that if you have a non-traditional type out there, it all can work for you. And the Packers have no bad options. It's just an interesting question as we head toward training camp. All right, we're going to be back on Wednesday. Happy 4th. To everyone, I hope you're uh, going to enjoy the fireworks, or if they were last night for you, I um, hope you enjoyed them. Um, I hope you didn't take a bunch of pictures on your phone. Just put the phone down. Put the phone down and enjoy the fireworks like a human being, please. Get your beer, get your high noon, get whatever you got, your, your soda, whatever, and just enjoy them. Put your phone down. Live in the moment for one time. But if you want to be listening to Lockdown Packers, that's fine. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Don't do that. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>